This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Join the conversation every Tuesday at 11 as we dissect issues that are important to you and your family. That's Relatively Speaking, Tuesdays only on MPB Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. On Money Talks, we're here to answer your personal finance questions. Between your phone calls today, we're going to be talking about some spending habits that might bust your budget. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Sometimes during the show, we're not able to uh, answer your email questions, but Ryder and or Nancy is always good about giving you a personal response if you do send an email, so you'll get your question answered that way. So, uh, good morning, Ryder. Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, what's on your mind, financially speaking, this week? Yeah, so uh, this week, it's just kind of an interesting uh, company slash product story that's been going on for some time and probably has been in enough headlines that people have heard about it. But just talking about the financial and the economic impacts of it, and this is almost a cross- crossover. I haven't checked to see if one of our medical shows has done this, but uh, talking about the impacts of this new class of drugs, uh, I believe they're for diabetes treatment that reduces blood sugar and things like that. Um, I believe is the mm-hmm. pronunciation of one of them, and then Manjaro is another one. And <clears throat> so, like I said, they're there for treating uh, diabetes and uh, blood sugar levels and things like that, but they have impacts on the other areas of your health, and they seem to curb people's desire for unhealthy food. So, of course, diabetes and overeating is a big problem in America, so there's the thought that this is going to be prescribed widely. Uh, it's going to be a great, you know, great business for these companies that came up with it. Uh, but how is that going to impact everything else? If all of a sudden you have a large swath of the country who's not interested in eating at McDonald's, who's not interested in buying Coca-Cola products, what happens to those other companies? Great benefit for those those companies who are selling the drug. Does it have a negative impact on the other ones? There's a lot of talk about this. Of course, the trend is you know we have a growing um, incidence of, of uh, diabetes and and overweight um, obesity in in this country. So um, I, I don't know if it's going to be enough to totally change that trend, and there and and that would be totally changing our consumption. But it's just a fascinating case of where uh, one innovation in one sector of the economy uh, might have bigger, broader impacts on the rest of the economy. So lots of lots of talk about that. I, I just I just I, I, I don't know where that is going. But it is an interesting story right now, and certainly if we look back in five years and be like, wow, everyone took Ozempic and then McDonald's went out of business, that would be – I mean just what an incredible story that would be. Well, that's also I guess these large companies need to almost be you know, um, seers and peer into the future to see where trends oh, are going. That's a good point. Yeah, because it, it's not necessarily even that they are directly – competing with each other right right it's not it's not Eli Lilly's goal to put Coca-Cola out of business but if they just do something which which just happens to in a way indirectly compete with with a fast food company or a a junk food company a snack company 
it's it's it's, it's interesting and kind of like with Sears just yes online ordering and other things you know did help kind of put the nail in the coffin but it was a long decline just because of changing consumer habits and it just didn't keep up um so again this is going to this may change consumer habits and those other companies will have to innovate to keep up the, the other interesting thing about that is uh from what i've heard on in the news is that the drug is now not as easily available for the patients that originally it was created for is that the, oh yeah that the people who needed to treat diabetes are are finding it harder to get because it's become such a popular uh, off label i guess they call it yes uh yes although i don't i don't know that our audience really wants to hear another supply chain issues story after the last 2 years of me saying well the supply chain uh <laughs> for literally everything that was going on all right. The other one we chatted about briefly before we came on the air, and that is that um, I saw something on the news about um, X, formerly known as Twitter, which is the way you have to say <laughs> it now. Uh, what's hopefully will it is funny because everywhere you go, it's you have to put that qualifier on there. Anyway, that uh, maybe they're not uh, they're not doing so well financially. Um. I, I would believe it. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about a advertisers pulling back and not necessarily that all advertisers are just leaving the platform, but they're they're cutting their ad budgets. Some companies have publicly stated, uh, oh, we're just not getting the um, we're not getting the clicks we want. We're not getting the attention we want for those advertisements. They're just not as valuable anymore. Um, users complain about the quality of the conversation. I've been on Twitter for a long time i just it's a it's kind of a wild place and i i have never gone around and tried to qualify or quantify how the conversations go uh, but there have been a lot of changes and a lot of changes fairly quickly and it's not necessarily some people are are unhappy with it but it's they're trying a lot of things and it sounds like a lot of things might not be working out and of course uh elon musk did take on a fair i, I believe there was a large uh large loan uh, large, uh, from from some banks to to get that to make that acquisition, um, and so that's just an additional cost he has. So this morning, as I look through the glass into the control room, I see Abram Nanny, who is the host of Everyday Tech, which uh, they'll probably uh, Abram have have y'all talked about the future of X on your show at all? Well, we talked about it when it changed to X. Mm. As far as the future of X, that's just going to be it's such a hard prediction to make. Um, but things aren't looking great. Uh, I will say it's uh, it's steadily gone downhill. Just as a user, um, from a user perspective, it's it's gone downhill from my perspective, mm. and I believe stocks are going down as well. Like you said, it's one thing about any sort of social network is it's it's fairly hard to recreate that network of users. It's fairly hard to do. Uh, there are a, but there are other large competing social media outlets, right? You can just go to Facebook or Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, Snapchat, I believe, is still fairly popular. I don't yep. know. Do the teens like it? Who's, oh, yeah. Who's on Snapchat? Uh, I don't the, know. The younger, younger generation still loves Snapchat. <laughs> and then, of course, of course, the 60-year-olds are on Snapchat. Of course, TikTok uh, is, is, is huge. Uh, so there, there's, there are competing ones, but um, a lot of, I've, I've noticed a lot of places trying to recreate the, the Twitter experience, and those are all still, they're, they're small, there people will post on Twitter say, "Hey, I'm moving to XYZ app," and there's just so many, I'm not going to get five different apps to replace Twitter. No, no. There's 
there's one place that's created that experience and it's just going to be really hard to replace that. Yeah. And, and like that, like as soon as Musk bought Twitter, you had threads come out, you know, mm-hmm. weeks later and who knows if that was, I'm sure that was in the works already. Uh, but it's like he was waiting, Zuck was waiting in the wings for, for Musk to buy <laughs> Twitter and change it to X. And then that yeah. he, he released threads and now it's a, another competitor. Yeah, Absolutely. So, by the way, just a program reminder, you can listen to Abram's show, uh, the, the show he hosts, Everyday Tech. It's Wednesdays at 10 a.m. right here on MPB Think Radio. And it will be interesting if Twitter does sort of fall off to see who of the major players will rush in there and, you know, what would maybe uh, be the replacement for that. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that uh, from the financial point And from the tech point, you can listen to uh, Everyday Tech again Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone to all the local MPB Think Radio programs on demand. Kevin Farrell here with the Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're looking for your personal finance questions. In fact, we have some open phone lines. While we wait for those phone calls, we're going to talk about some spending habits that might be budget busters. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. And, you know, we're looking for your personal finance questions, but if you always uh, want to call in and maybe brag about yourself, something that you've done that has saved money or ways that you've uh, maybe cut some expenses from your budget, we always like to hear success stories, so you could call in with those as well. All right, uh, Ryder, number one on our list of spending habits that might bust your budget Uh, taking a sales price at face value. So there's a couple of things here. Um, First of all, and I think we might have talked about this a a couple of weeks ago, but is a sale always – they're not being – Should you always be shopping sales? There we go. Right? Are are, are sales a charitable endeavor of the store for the benefit of Kevin Farrell? (laughs) Are they really? Um, Some there are real legitimate reasons that stores will dramatically genuinely reduce the price of things to get them out of the door and and often kind of changeover of inventory with the seasons. Nobody wants to in a Maybe in a climate that has more dramatic season changes, this is a little more relevant, but nobody wants to spend all summer with their stock room full of puffy jackets, right? <laughs> and and just and just simply not have room for, for the, I don't know, swimsuits and sandals. Um, so that's a real reason to change over. Uh, sometimes you see it with, with cars when a brand new model comes out that's a, a big improvement. You know, usually several years will go by before massive changes, and then the brand new model comes out big improvements and if they still got a couple of cars sitting on the lot they might try a little harder to get those out so there are some things like that but you will notice there are some stores where they're always having a sale you don't there's no need to get that uh, classically there are some department stores that would always do that you probably every wednesday in your mail get the junk mail saying we're having a huge sale this week and if you noticed they were always having a huge sale so there was never really any urgency there um so what when shopping a sale i mean the 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 kind of rules should be the same you're only you should only be buying things that you actually need um maybe Maybe you'll bring some purchases forward. Uh, maybe you will 
buy some things that you've put off a little while. But again, for the most part, if you don't need a new shirt or shoot, no, I can't say shoes. Kevin always (laughs) needs some new shoes. If you don't need whatever is on sale, then there's no reason to buy it. Uh, If it's the case of, oh, well, you know, I know I'm going to need some new jackets in winter and gosh, they're going to sit in my closet for two months. Fine. Great. Go ahead. Uh, You're benefiting because you're willing to store them in your closet for two months when the store is not willing to store them in their closet for two months. Like that's that's the benefit you're getting there. Yeah, I do like the change of season sales because as you're you're right. And and, and as you mentioned earlier, I think in Mississippi, the the variations between the seasons aren't dramatic enough to where you might not be able to use that even before the next season runs around. But I think that Mm -hmm. that's a a good one. And I always do check out the uh, the sales, uh, the racks, the clearance racks at the at the big box Mm. stores and those sorts of things. My brother who lives in Florida likes Publix, the grocery store there. He says, though, there's a lot of that buy two, get one free kind of thing. And um, Mm. that can be a little bit confusing. But again, that might lead to someone, you know, buying more than they really need. And I I find it uh, particularly grocery stores, even when they have a sale that is a buy two, get one free or whatever it is. They're, they will actually still give you, or, you know, buy one, get one free, especially. They'll still give you a, the same price. Um, so that's something to look at just to see if, if you actually need to buy the two or the three or however many. Um, although I, I hate to think of like a change of season sale at the grocery store. Yeah, hey, get everything that's, here's our fruit that's not good anymore. Like here's, we just kind of, we just kind of swept it off into a box. And if you want to stick your hands in there, go ahead. Uh, the other thought here too would be if you if you do need something and you see it on sale, don't immediately rush to store one to purchase it. Maybe you would want to check around and see if that sale is a decent sale, or maybe there's a better yeah. sale somewhere else. Yeah, especially again, a change of seasons. I mean, the seasons all happen at the same time. So if you would have looked at multiple places to start with, go ahead and look at multiple places when there's a sale going on too. Anytime the uh, the sales like tomfoolery gets brought up, I always think of the joke: uh, buy buy one for the price of two, and you get one free. <laughs> All right, that's, that's probably that, that's, that's, you have to think about that. <laughs> 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 It's a little much this early in the morning, buddy. <laughs> that went zooming over all of our heads here, but that's a good one. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it took me a while the first time, too, but it sticks with me now. Yeah. Uh, this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Today, we're talking about spending habits that might bust your budget. But as always, we're looking for your personal finance questions. So number two, it's a good thing, you know, Nancy's not with us this week. And it's a good thing because the second one on the Ooh. list is one of her favorite things to do. But I think that she does it correctly. But it's applying. We're gonna we're gonna be nice. We're gonna say, <laughs> of course, of course, Nancy does it correctly. Applying for store credit cards to get some sort of discount. What are your thoughts? Mm. Um. So, so one, I mean, you're running the risk of, oh no, I'm getting another credit card that I'm not going to keep track of. That's that's really kind of my biggest worry with this is people are signing up for a credit card that they're going to put something on it, and they're. Maybe going to forget that first bill when it comes in because, boy, is it easy to ignore a bill from a company you've never seen before because you forgot that, oh, went to Gap and I signed up for a credit card, but their credit card is coming through XYZ Finance Company. And who knows what XYZ Finance Company is? I'm going to throw that away. That's my biggest worry is that people are going to get into some immediate trouble like that. Um 
of course, if you need a credit card or if you, I believe, as Nancy says, it's a place that you shop often, uh, especially a lot of people um, in the, the, in the big box stores or warehouse stores that you do go to regularly for things, you know, a grocery store that offers a good credit card or a, a warehouse store that offers a good credit card and its benefits that you will directly use. That's great. Um, but otherwise, you, you got to think about it sometimes because sometimes, oh, if I'm buying $20 worth of things at this store, I'm buying two shirts that are on sale that I didn't need in the first place. And you get, oh, wow, a 20% discount. Wow, that's $4. You're probably going to, if you forget to pay that bill, you're going to end up paying $4 in interest real quick, <laughs> real quick on that. And 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 so is that discount worth it? I have seen people use it very well. I had a friend who, there was a, a clothing retailer he really liked, and he needed to buy some suits. And um, they're very you know, very good suits. He knew he was going to use them, uh, wear them a long time. And so he was buying like three of them. So he had a significant purchase and it was a very significant discount for getting the credit card. And, uh, th- that was a case where he, he did something that was, it was, it was worth the discount. Uh, so that, that's kind of the calculation there. Otherwise, again, if it's encouraging you to spend more than you need, uh, that's going to be a no. If it's encouraging you to get a credit card that you don't need, that's going to be a no from me. Even though, you know, again, I'm a fan of credit cards. I don't want people to think that, oh, they're all terrible. Uh, but store credit cards are – I've never seen one that that's the best deal. I've never seen one where it's the best benefits, the lowest annual cost. But as we said, with the first one that we talked about, and I think you mentioned on this, there is that incentive. Oh, I'm getting this percentage off. Well, I might have bought that shirt if not, but now that I'm getting 20% off, I'm going to get it. So it's again, it's and again, that's part of the theory behind the store doing that. They want you to get something that maybe you didn't before. The other thing is I imagine store credit cards, the interest rate on those are like way more than – kind of the Visa MasterCard type of card? Uh, generally speaking, they are higher. I don't know if there's any kind of big general rule of thumb, but yes, higher interest rates just because there's sometimes can be a little less. Uh, they'll offer them to lower credit scores as well, just so that because, again, you're offering it to anybody who comes in the store. You you don't want to be turning away a lot of people. That would be a very bad look. Oh, I'm never going in that store again. I got embarrassed by the cashier because I got turned down for a credit card. Well, that's really bad for business. What they want is you to say, oh, I have this such and such a company store card. I'm going to go there all the time because they offered me credit and they offered me a great deal. And it was a great experience. I'm going to keep coming back to them. Also, um, if you apply for the card, would it not be a hard inquiry on your credit report? Uh, yes, generally speaking, yes. I don't. So again, if you were to go to the mall that. and try to take advantage of three or four, you know, stores, then that's that could possibly have a little bit of a negative impact on your on your credit score, at least temporarily. I guess. Uh, maybe? Well, yeah, a bit. Uh, one thing to think about with applying for a bunch of credit cards at once. I don't, I don't remember the time limit it's in, but if you apply for a bunch of credit cards or a bunch of similar credit lines all at once, all within, I want to say a week, maybe is within thirty days. 
it shows up uh, or it impacts your score as if it was one inquiry because they understand that people do shop around for credit. People shop around for mortgages. That's a good, healthy credit seeking activity. Um, not it is not well, not necessarily a sign that somebody is a bad credit or is in any sort of financial distress. And of course, like. I just want to reiterate, you always have to look at the terms for sure for these, mm. because my, my wife and I have a store credit card, um, and the the advantage of it is that you get 12 months interest-free on this card, but the interest after that is egregious. Mm. Like it, it's like 27% interest mm-hmm. after the after the 12 month mm-hmm. you know grace period. Yes. So definitely look at the the terms for all those. Absolutely. Yeah, the same sorts of uh, habits, good spending credit habits apply with these credit uh, store credit cards. S- somewhat related is the other interesting thing to me on retail places, you check out and they're like, "Could I have your email?" And for some reason, <laughs> I just feel bad about saying yeah. I don't have one because it's like, oh, come on, you don't have an email. So I have sort of sometimes will just <laughs> Do you say- you live I, under <laughs> a rock, Kevin? I'd rather not. But then I made the mistake at a recent where I bought some clothing at the big box store, um, a department store, I guess, whatever. And so I gave out my email address. I ended up having to block it because it's like every single store in the mm-hmm. sale in the store they're sending you an email for. And I thought to myself- And again, it's a sale every single day, right? right. So- but it, maybe it's too difficult, but it's like maybe if you could target – I mean because I'm not going to buy women's clothing. And so maybe you could target to where I don't get the sale of the women's department or whatever. Anyway, just a little bit of a – of a, uh, I'll jump off my soapbox. That That's just one of my <laughs> pet peeves is that, you know, I because I, I would think that those are valuable when you get these discounts on the email. But it's like when they flood you with so much stuff, you kind of get – it kind of gets lost. You can't see the trees through the forest, I guess. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're looking for your personal finance questions this morning. While we wait for phone calls and between your calls, we're talking today about some spending habits that will bust your budget. So it looks like we have a caller ready to go. So we're going to say good morning to Walker, who calls in uh, somewhere on Highway 51, it looks like. Good morning, Walker. Thanks for calling. What's your question for us? Uh, good morning. I guess it's not a question as much as it's a knee-jerk Pavlovian reaction that advertisers expect when they advertise on television and say everything. Now, Express or UPS or the mail system is giving free shipping. The shipping is included. It's not free. People react <laughs> to the name free. Like they react to seven ninety nine actually being a uh, It's one of those things that and I just thought I'd make a comment on it, that it's never free. It is included in the price. <laughs> That's a very good point, Walker. Again, again, is 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 UPS, is the is the U.S. Postal Service, is FedEx, are they operating as a charity for the benefit <laughs> of, of us and our convenience? Uh, or, or is the store, dis, um, are they discounting that? Are they, are they covering that just because they really, really like us? No, it's because they have covered the cost of that shipping. Um, in the price of the item or in the way you spend it. Now, I will say one thing. There are uh, – it's not uncommon to have uh, stores which have some sort of membership. You know, we talk about Amazon, Amazon Prime, where you will have – because you're paying for it. And again, everyone else is paying for it too. So if you buy an item that's $2 and you get free shipping on it and – 
the shipping could have easily been five dollars there. That that is a genuine like, oh, I save that. But of course, again, the design of things like that, <clears throat> and the design of free shipping offers in general are to get you to just go ahead and spend money because it's so much easier to commit to money, to commit to spending money when you don't have that, oh, there's an additional 5 or $10 on it. Um, I can't tell you the number of times. I, 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 a great online shopping uh, tactic for saving money is leaving things in your cart for at least a day to think about it. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times that leaving something in the cart just because I saw that shipping charge and I was like, hmm, I'm going to think, is it really worth it? Can I not get something equivalent locally just like on the way to work? Uh, or maybe if I wait, I'll think of something else to to make it worth it. Uh, so you're right. It is not free shipping. It is definitely a marketing thing, and it's getting paid for somehow. Because uh, look how much money FedEx and UPS are making. Well, and I think everything we've talked about so far is marketing. I mean, and so you got to give these retailers their due. I mean, they're they're in the business of selling things to you, so they have creative ways to do this. And so I think as consumers, we, we need to recognize kind of what they're doing and try to take advantage of the situation when it helps us and to kind of steer away uh, when it does not. And the other thing I'm curious is pressure on retailer. Like I think Amazon was maybe one of the first big ones to start with the free shipping or the, you know, so does that put pressure on other sellers to maybe kind of match that type of offer to stay in, in the business of being competitive? I think it probably does. I mean, there certainly is an expectation or more of an expectation that you're going to offer free shipping because someone can say, well, I can always go to this other website and get free shipping. Um, even if, so, you know, so, sometimes the price is higher, sometimes the price is lower, it, it, but yes, it's definitely pressure. Got another caller to get to. Now we're on Highway 55. Newt has called in. Good morning, Newt. It's your turn. So go ahead. Uh, yes, sir. I'm Purchase $5,000 purchase, and I've done it in two parts. And I put $2,500 on credit card, and I had to transfer some money in my checking account to cover the other $2,500. So, my question is should I pay off my credit card first and put the other $2,500? Okay, interesting. I just want to make sure I understand and it, it, it's a little kind of going in and out there. I want to make sure I understood it and that the audience here. So there was a $5,000 purchase. Half of that was put on a credit card and half of that was paid out of the checking account because this is, um, I, I imagine this is where the, the money was. Um, and so when when you get paid next, should you pay off the credit card or use that money to go back in your checking, pay off the credit card and then use the, the credit card to pay the other Twenty five hundred. Okay, so I think that paying off the credit card, since you're talking about a month in between the uh, in between 
these payments. Um, we're talking about a whole billing cycle in between these payments. It's going to be really important to pay that credit card off, especially if you're not used to carrying a balance anyway. You don't want to start carrying a balance. Uh, and then if you are carrying a balance anyway, that credit card, my guess is, again, without seeing it, my guess is that interest rate is pretty high on it. I have seen some low, fairly low interest credit cards, but it is almost always way higher than any uh, rate you're going to get on your savings or things like that. So you're using the credit card as a tool to be able to uh, extend your payments, to be able to delay before you actually need to put the cash up for something. And that's a great way to use them, but do not use them. uh, You know, we do not recommend using them to spend more than you actually have. So again, making sure you get that paid off is going to be so important. Again, if you have a 24% interest rate, which is, I think, average-ish for right now, that's going to be like 50 bucks in interest right there uh, for the first month. So you definitely want to avoid that. Okay. That's what I was thinking, feeling to pay off the credit card and then put it on the credit card again. Mm-hmm. Yes, because again, you know, you'll put that twenty five hundred on again, but you'll have another month to pay that off, and so it's better to put on twenty five hundred dollars and then pay off twenty five hundred dollars and pay off than to put on twenty five hundred dollars and wait two months before paying off. That's going to ultimately cost you more in the long run to do that. Correct. That's what I was thinking. I just want to make sure. Yep. All right, uh, Newt. Thanks for your call this morning. <clears throat> and that's one thing that I know. One of Nancy's the uh, things that she likes to remind folks of. And and as you just mentioned, I think every time you use a credit card, if you're using it properly as a financial tool, do your best to try to pay off that amount if possible within a month, but as, certainly as quickly as possible, just so that you're not paying kind of dead interest or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this goes back to what I was complaining about before the last break, but signing up for retail newsletters. Mm-hmm. So again, the idea is maybe luring you into buying something that you probably don't want or maybe didn't need. I don't know that you can go to a, a website today without being prompted to enter your email address. Uh, they want your email address because it is valuable to them. Um, if you are going to buy something, uh, at a place you have not shopped at before, it can be worth it. Uh, two things I would caution about. One, forgetting that the email is there, forgetting to actually use that code. Because sometimes you, you get the code, you go, you make your cart, even if you sit and think on it, you might forget to go back to your email to check to get that code out. So that's one thing just to watch for. If you're going to get a code, if you're going to sign up to get a code, use it. Um, again, it's kind of making sure that that discount is worth it too. Um, unsubscribe after getting it. Now you're probably uh, just buying something from a website. You are very likely going to be added to their email subscriptions. Anyway, you're probably going to get all of their advertisements for, uh, women's clothing, Kevin. Um, but just unsubscribing because again, that's just, Again, junk mail, just uh, junk email, just like junk mail, it can get in the way of other things. It can get in the way. If you have 30 this morning, I deleted probably 30 or 40 emails out of my inbox. That's 30 or 40 emails that gets in the way of me finding the ones that I actually do want to read because I don't want, I have to look at each sender and the address line. And some of them, I'll, oh, was that something I wanted? Is that a, is that a long lost friend named Gerber clothing wear? I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. Um, so 
So, yes, just making sure you stay on top of the kind of administrative tasks that need to come with that of actually using the code and unsubscribing if you do not need that afterwards. You know, I like Gmail, but their method of cleaning out your inbox is very clunky to me. And I realized I think I glanced down there when I checked it the other day and I think I'm nearing my my storage space and I've got thousands of emails. But uh, to me, Hotmail it's much easier to do it because you can mm. sort them by who they, who sent them, and then you can. It's easier to me to check them that way. Anyway, just another little personal pet peeve. Uh, and we got two callers in line, but one one other thing about this that you had mentioned: when the left in cart, I've I've had things where the retailer maybe a week or so later says, "Hey, this you left this in your cart." And I think sometimes they might even offer you a slight discount. Oh, interesting. Uh, I have heard of that. I think we've mentioned that, um, but. Now, I don't know that I've left things in my cart that long, but sometimes that's just a good reminder that, oh, it's been a week. I haven't thought about it at all. I may as well delete that. And uh, another strategy is to create a separate email account for those retail newsletters and only check them when you're planning to make a purchase, then out of sight, out of mind. That's true. And if you use an iPhone or any Apple products and you're using that, they do have a feature now. I've not quite sure if that's something that this is going to be for the, the, the tech show. So, so tune in to the tech show to find out. They will answer this question for you. Um, a hide my email feature where it generates essentially just a, a gibberish. Well, I don't know if they're all gibberish. I think some of them are kind of funny names, email addresses uh, for you. It's just a unique one for that retailer so that if you see, okay, all right, this is a junk mail or this is they've sold this email. This is turning into real spam email. You can just turn that email address off uh, much easier than just unsubscribing. All right. Back to the phone lines we go. We'll start in Rose Hill. Evelyn is on the line. Good morning, Evelyn. What's your question for us? Okay, this is what I do. When I have a uh, credit card for a store, if they have like a 10 percent discount or a 20 percent discount, if you use your card, I'll go ahead and I'll put it on my credit card, but before I leave, I'll pay the complete bill. I guess my question is, what do that do for your credit rating? So I don't know that it will really have a whole lot of impact on your credit rating. Uh, I have to say, you are unbelievably fast at paying off that that bill. But that's a great way. Like I said, my, my, a big worry is that you might forget about that bill. You might forget about that payment. Uh, and by you going ahead and taking care of that before you've even taken the tags off of or unwrapped whatever you've, you've purchased, I think that's fantastic to go ahead and do that. A lot of people are concerned that paying off a bill is bad for your credit rating. It's not really um, almost in the same sense that carrying a small balance is not bad for your credit rating with the. Now, if you're doing it just so you can open up a card at every store, opening up a card at every store is what's going to be bad for your credit rating. But having unused credit is, is a kind of a valuable part of your credit rating. Um, However, if, you have a zero balance, they may not be reporting things to the credit agency. So that's just uh, the thing about a credit card balance. It's checked once a month um, for your credit score. And you the main thing you want to watch out for is that it just never gets too high given how much credit they've allowed you. So paying it off should not be a big problem. All right, Devlin. Okay. 
Thanks for your call. But I would say that's a great habit to get to uh, to, to develop, though, because of the, like you say, if you're paying stuff off and then you're not, you're not having to worry about it. And as Ryder said, maybe forget about it or whatever. So a uh, good tip there. Thanks for your call. Thanks for listening to our show. Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. You can email the show by sending it to money at mpbonline.org. As promised, Gary is on the line and his call is up next. Thanks for holding, Gary. You're on the air with us now. So go ahead. Hey, good morning. Yeah, I have a question for you regarding a home equity line of credit. I got a home equity line of credit. The interest rate is about 8.5%. And uh, a couple of questions. One, is that one of the interest rates that is deductible, like a, like a mortgage deductible? And two, I could pay it off. Is it worth paying it off or using the interest as a deduction? Uh, okay, so great questions. <clears throat> the interest on a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, is deductible to the extent that the uh, the money you took, the loan you took, the interest that's being paid on that, it was used for home improvement. So it was used around the house. Now, if you just took the money out and did literally anything else that is not to do with your home, that that does not count. So otherwise, yes, it is treated like mortgage interest if it is used on the home. Uh, is it worth paying it off or using it for the deduction? Um, so there's the careful calculation of, okay, I'm getting 5% on my uh, money market at the bank. I'm paying 8.5%. And first I will say, this is not a terrible rate. Kevin and I were just talking about HELOCs and Eight and a half, uh, kind of the range we've seen recently is eight to ten. So you're on the lower end of that. So you, it's it's not a bad deal as far as HELOCs go. Um, I, I I I am generally of the opinion it's not worth keeping things around for a, a, a tax deduction unless you are in just a very high tax bracket. You're gonna be itemizing your taxes anyway. Uh, potentially, it's a it's a deductible as a business expense, uh, which just kind of makes it a little easier to deduct in some cases. Those are the circumstances because uh, if you think about it, let's see, I'm just kind of kind of do this numbers in my head. Say it was 9% and you were in a 32% tax bracket, then you're, the, the after-tax cost of it is about 6%. Again, roughly, that's still more expensive than you're probably getting on your savings, probably about 4 or 5% if you're getting a really great rate. Um, so it still costs you. So the thing to think about is less, oh, is it worth it keeping around for the interest is, is it worth it keeping around so that I can have cash on hand? Um, of course, a HELOC, you can dip back into that at any time if you really had an emergency. Uh, but I, I like cash on hand. I like being able to see that. So if you had, for instance, $10,000 you owed on a HELOC and $10,000 in cash, and otherwise all your cash needs were perfectly met by your income, if you took that $10,000 on hand and paid off the HELOC, you'd have no HELOC interest. That's great. But you would also have no money. Uh, so that spread between what you're earning on your cash and what you're paying on the HELOC, maybe it's 1%. Um, that's the cost you're paying to have some cash on hand. So that's, that's the way I would think about it. And so think about the importance of having some cash on hand and think about what is that, what is that net cost of holding that cash on hand?
All right, uh, Gary, just curious, is that uh, an adjustable rate or a fixed rate on your HELOC? Uh, it's a fixed rate. Oh, well, that's good. It was adjustable. It, start, it started out at 4% and it jumped to 8 yeah, they'll 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 fix it when it jumps up, huh? Too bad we couldn't get that fixed at four percent. That would be that would be great. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call. Um, I have one, and they offered they then when I called in and checked on the rate, they did say that you can lock in an interest rate uh, on a HELOC. I'm curious if there might be. I didn't get the particulars, but I wonder if there might be some sort of fee involved or, or how they would do that. Potentially, and uh, kind of like we discussed, uh, HELOCs are somewhat unique to the bank that offered them. Uh, they may have slightly more negotiable terms, whereas if you're getting a mortgage, you're getting very standard terms. Everybody in the country is being offered these pretty much the same terms. You know, Maybe someone offers a little better rate, but they're all going to be the same. HELOCs, a little bit more unique to the bank. So it is worth, uh, especially if it's important to you, it is worth uh, pestering your banker about. The other thing that I've seen interestingly online is that uh, the home equity loan, it's, so it's almost like, hey, you don't need a HELOC, we just get a loan. So do you have any thoughts on either a one-time loan versus the the line of credit? Uh, so the fixed versus variable interest is interesting. And um, especially, I, I don't like to speculate on the direction of interest rates, but we have kind of been in a market where for a long time we've known they're going up. I don't know where they're going from here. In beginning of 22, 2022, we kind of all knew where they were going. Um, from here, maybe they'll go up a little bit. Uh, so having... Uh, the HELOC is also much more flexible, though. So that's kind of the price you pay for it. You can pay it all off. You can pay a little bit off. You can wait until the end of your term. Uh, I would say if if you have reliable income coming in or you have good enough cash reserves to that you wouldn't have a problem uh, if, if there's uh, an income issue, then a lower rate on a or a fixed payment with a fixed monthly payment of a, of a personal loan, of a loan structure, uh, might be worth it because you'll be saving some money. Uh, that being said, just the HELOC, very flexible, and it just really depends on what are you using it for, what does your own financial picture look like, how reliably can you pay either one, how reliably can you meet those specific obligations. And obviously, the uh, the interest rate is an important factor to factor in there yeah. also. If it's different about like a percent or something and it's not a huge loan, that's not going to be a big deal. But if you're looking at, say, a 5% personal loan, that would be crazy. If you got a 5% personal loan, you might you know, call in and let people know who your banker is uh, versus a 10% HELOC. I, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. That could be a really big deal. That's a lot of interest right there. All right, only got about a minute left, but we can let this one more on the list because we kind of mentioned it. Uh, but buying more to save more, you know, if it's two for one, buy one, get one free, all those sorts it's of things. It's buy more to spend more, Kevin. <laughs> That's how this works. <laughs> also, what I like, the the tiered offers such as $25 off $75 or $50 off 150 are actually the same percent discount. So you might want to make sure mm-hmm. that you do the math because, again, it looks like, oh, gosh, I'm saving $75 on this one, but you're, you know, you're having to – or $50 as opposed mm-hmm. to 25 but you're having to spend more to save more. So I, I think, again, especially when you're looking at online re- retailers, this is a great way of – put some items in your cart and think about it. If you know the sale is going to be going on for a week, just put some items in your cart, think about it, 
if you really need them or you realize, oh, actually, I could do with more of this or something else or I couldn't find it elsewhere, great. But again, if it is enticing you to spend money that you would not have otherwise spent or it's enticing you to buy things that you would not have otherwise bought, it is not a deal. And that's... That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line, folks. All right, that's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks. So for Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to join us Tuesdays at 9 for Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.